everybody to another episode of too much popcorn the movie review podcast where jimmy and i we watch a movie and then we sit down and we make a podcast where we talk about the things that we liked in the movie the things that we didn't like the things that worked for us and the things that didn't and ultimately we try and come up with a ultimate decision between the two of us not really kind of you know coinciding with each other sometimes they do sometimes they don't uh but we like to try and decide whether we would recommend the movie that we just watched to somebody or not. Not to compare ourselves to Cisco and Ebert, but you know how they're like, they disagree sometimes. Sometimes I'm just saying. Yeah. Sometimes. And you know that how was like their whole thing. Statler and Waldorf. Well, they usually just don't like whatever Kermit the Frog's putting on, but <laughs> we're kind of like would, them sometimes too. Yeah. I would say we're more Statler and Waldorf than anything. Yes, yes, that's a better analogy to who we are, just as people. So. Yeah, roasting things and then laughing at our own jokes—that sounds. About and accurate. Muppets, Muppets more than people, really, when it comes <laughs> yeah. down to it. I mean, folks, you haven't seen us. We're ninety-eight percent felt. And when I put when I stab myself and I pull pull out the threads, that's what happens. <laughs> Stuffing, yeah, not human parts. So, what did we watch this week, Jimmy? What was what was the movie? The movie that you haven't said the title of, but it's up there if you're accessing this podcast through any means, unless you have like a voice thing and you go, play this next podcast for me, please. <laughs> you're listening to the episode where we talk about the 19, the hit 1988 film Scrooge, starring Bill Murray and a whole cast of other characters in there. You got Karen Allen, you got Bill Murray's brother. What, his name's John or something? I mean, that sounds about right. The good stuff. You got yeah. a whole bunch of people in here doing what could be called a parody slash retelling of A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens. You got ghosts. You got a Christmas curse. You got a winter style curse. And uh, it's a comedy. It's It's a horror film. It's got a whole lot going on. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it straight off the bat that I think this is probably my second favorite telling of the Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens's story, A Christmas Carol. After a Muppet Christmas Carol, I oh, believe. Absolutely. <laughs> no contest. No, no movie will ever surpass the movie that actually has quotes from Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol told by... Yes. My, uh, you know, co-worker, Gonzo. Yes. Yes. And a rat and the whole host of characters. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, like, let, let's face it, folks. There have been so many tellings of A Christmas Carol. Whether you celebrate Christmas or not, you have seen some show or movie or whatever that has parodied A Christmas Carol. Charles Dickens wrote this and then he forgot to get the patent on it. And I'm sure he is spinning... 360 degrees in his grave because he's like everybody has ripped this off i should be getting some kind of royalties from it i just had a conversation with somebody about this where <laughs> it's like confirmed that charles dickens is like this is not my favorite work right like back in the day this is like this is a throwaway tale i made it it's fine whatever you bring Charles Dickens back today, and he's like, everyone knows a, a Christmas Carol of all of my works. You yeah. know this one? It's beloved? Uh. <laughs> yeah. And, like, let's face it. I mean, granted, there's Oliver Twist. But beyond those two, I dare you name a third. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I honestly couldn't do it. But, like, think about it. It would actually be absolutely wild if there was another story that was as parodied or retold or like quipped into yeah. storytelling as this story, look at Shakespeare. He's got Romeo and Juliet, but you know, there's been a few retellings of that. 
but not on the same level as this. Like everybody does the person's bad at the beginning. They're tormented by several things from their past, present and future. And then, Oh, now they're good. Like it's a, it's the story. Not only that, I just as a, on a lark, I think I was going through canopy, you know, like through the library because they just added a whole Christmas catalog, a holiday catalog, whatever you want to watch. You'll find wild movies that you can just rent from your library. (laughs) But the most common title I saw was literally A Christmas Carol. And it was actors. It was people I don't even know who are in (laughs) these movies. But I saw at least four in quick succession of just Christmas Carol with this guy, Christmas Carol with this guy. And I'm like, the people, the people want it. And I don't know if they wanted that many, but we have that many to, to just accessible to us at all times. And, and you know, it's wild because like you would think for how many tellings there are out there of this story that you would get to the point where like, and like sometimes, yeah, I'll be watching some kind of Christmas special that's new and they instantly start doing the like, Oh, this person's a Scrooge. And now here comes some ghosts and you're in, uh, you're like, uh, this again but then you're watching it and you're like all right yeah this is funny oh this is good oh oh here comes the third ghost have they done one yet where it is a christmas carol but it follows somebody else and then in the background you see scrooge like just being haunted <laughs> like he's just like running down an alley somewhere and there's a ghost chasing him and you're like what the what's going on over there is he christmas caroling over there I want one where, like, the ghosts are, like, taking it too far, and then Scrooge is the one who has to remind them about the spirit of Christmas. Oh, that that's, well, here we have another Christmas carol on our <laughs> I know. Also, like, I, we're talking Bill Murray here. Why did nobody be like, hey, Ghostbusters, these ghosts are on the loose, and this man, Peter Venkman, needs to bust them? I think it was it would be too on the nose, where they were even sort of teasing it a little bit with sort of the effects and some stuff going on. They're like, they're one step away from just straight up putting Slimer in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they were like, we can't do it. We don't have the rights on this one. Yes. We have Bill Murray starring. He can wink. He can nod. He can do all the stuff, but he can't bust a ghost. He can't (laughs) do it. And to be completely fair, there is a Ghostbusters animated series, and I'm sure there is a episode that is Christmas Carol that I have never seen. There's gotta be. There's gotta be. There's gotta be. It's too, it's just right there. Yeah. Is this the only Christmas Carol that has a Danny Elfman score (laughs) behind it? Or does Danny Elfman like volunteer? He's like, I volunteer. I want to do this. <laughs> I, I think Danny Elfman is like at least in the top three and probably has something written in one of his like contracts. It's like, hey, if you're doing a uh, Christmas movie, you, you at least got to give him a call and see if he's busy. If he's not, he's not even your- Christmas, like holiday plus possible ghost or spooky, you <laughs> know, a ghoul of some kind in a holiday movie. True. Yeah. <laughs> call him up. Call him up. Nightmare Before this Christmas. Is, he's sick, man. He'll do it. Yeah. He'll do it. They're like, hey, we need some kind of like goofy, like some bells, some little children in the back going, Christmas time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He he gets that. I thought you were jokingly saying it in the beginning. Like you were like, haha, what a Danny Elfman ass soundtrack. And then it straight was. up was like, score by Danny Elfman. I was because I was like, this soundtrack is literally so goofy that it's going to be a funny joke if it's not him and it's going to be an even funnier joke if it is him it was like someone someone ghost writing a a danny elfman (laughs) soundtrack yeah yeah wild but this movie also has a lot of feel of tim burton and especially in like the opening scenes Mm -hmm. where they're doing these like funny promos for uh you know different tv specials that are going to be on through the holidays like all of them feel like tim burton-esque and i don't know if that was on purpose and if so why but it it it's fun it almost has a sort of robocop like tv spot ad to it where i don't know if that was just like a mid to late 80s thing where everyone is really obsessed with 
putting that sort of TV, you know, like the TV's melting your brain in the movie. And they're like, eh, well, it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a half-hearted attempt to break the fourth wall where they're like, hey, look how edgy we are at pointing out that like we are doing the thing that that thing is saying it's doing. And you're like, Oh, okay. I, yeah, I but then the whole movie is like, here's a tab advertisement, Coca-Cola, <laughs> Budweiser, you know, like all this shit is lit- just straight up in the movie, uh, shamelessly to, <laughs> to to what end? Just the advertisement money. I understand. You yeah, need they, it to they, run- they got to make money. <laughs> got to get the movie out there, but you can't just then like start the movie with ads for your shows that are it was an interesting way to start the movie i get it 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 was it was establishing him as this you know overbearing boss who thinks he knows everything about the tv business and all this sort of stuff so he plays a a fucking ad that has an atom bomb going (laughs) off in it and stuff so right off the bat I mean, this is the first time I've seen this movie, too. And so I feel like I've missed the boat on, you know, watching this whenever I wanted. But, I mean, it's going to get on the docket now. This one's... uh, That sequence alone, right in the beginning, with his post-apocalyptic... I mean, it literally (laughs) shows everything terrible. I think it's... It's the most terrifying advertisement he's concocted that is also an advertisement to watch their Christmas Carol special. Like it's unhinged in terms of it's like, here's heroin. Here's a person getting shot on the freeway. And it's like, you better watch screw, you know, Scrooge or else. And so you're, (laughs) you're like being put in a hostage situation right in front of the movie where you're like, well, I get, I, I hope it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is. I I also like that bit because, you know, he's trying to make it edgy. And that's one of the things this movie kind of tries to do with itself. Where like, you know, there's always been tellings of A Christmas Carol, but none of them have been edgy. And this movie was like, hey, we are going to be the edgy Christmas Carol. Dude, Muppet Christmas Carol's edgy as hell. Oh, don't get me wrong. It is. There is some scary <laughs> Scary stuff in that movie. I think the thing that really unsettled me the most is Bill Murray's hair in this movie. <laughs> it's it's a he we see a whole lot of Bill Murray, and I think the past version of him, or no, yeah, 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 it's the past. He's in like the you know late sixties or something, and he has this like really big hairdo that really sucks, and it. I don't know if it was a bad wig or just supposed to look really bad. It, the most unbelievable part of this film to me is that he is supposed to get the girl, Karen Allen, the <laughs> the fucking most beautiful actress in this movie. Bill, this guy, this guy, Bill Murray, this guy. Yeah. With that hair. Yeah. Because it's hurt. about redemption. He changed on his heart grew three times that day. He has a mental breakdown live on TV, <laughs> holds an entire director's studio hostage. <laughs> His heart grew three times. It grew too much. He He's <laughs> having a hemorrhage somewhere. It's insane. Three it times. It was so wild of a sequence. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is... <laughs> This is, again, it's a Christmas carol. You know going in, he's supposed to have a change of heart at some point. He fights it in standard Bill Murray in the 80s fashion where, <laughs> you know, he's an asshole. I, I Is Bill Murray a nice guy in reality? I'll never know because I only know him as a snarky asshole in every role that he's ever played. Yeah, it's the the Chevy Chase paradox where literally every role that the two of them have played has been snarky asshole. Is it because and, they're not acting? I, we know they, Chevy Chase <laughs> was not acting. <laughs> and that's the question is, were these characters or not? And, you know, I think this is one where you could have taken either of those people and had them be the lead in this role and it would have worked just as well. 
Yes, a National Lampoon's Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it. <laughs> family, a family Christmas Carol. Yeah, I'd be surprised if that doesn't exist out there somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean Bill Murray. Yes, the hair very unsettling, very long oh, and hair. short in places and uh. mullety, but not mullety. What is happening there? Yeah, but he's fun. He's fun in the role. As always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's there. That that's the thing too. Is there were multiple times where I'm I'm looking up at the screen and I'm seeing Bill Murray making a face or doing something else goofy, breaking the fourth wall, any sort of thing in there. It's it's funny to watch. He he does have this magnetism to him that you can't you can't look away. I don't know if any. I I don't know if there's any like line that he says that is the funniest. I think the situations he's put in are extremely funny. And I think the supporting cast around him was also extremely funny. Uh, surprisingly, Bobcat Goldthwaite was like a highlight for me. And I, <laughs> he, what is up with him and his whole existence just to be in this movie i couldn't unsee him as like pain and hercules but or the big old spider in adventure time wait is he actually in adventure time too yeah he plays the when they get stuck in the web in that one episode and then he's oh (laughs) the big spider with his spider wife and they are yeah yeah is that his real actual human voice i don't think we'll ever know i will never know (laughs) because it is a cartoon man voice yeah and there's nothing wrong with that, but to be a uh, to see a face and to put a face to that voice, and throughout my entire life, I don't know if I've ever seen Bobcat Goldthwait in reality, as I have seen him today. He's always been an animated character in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think it's ever only been animated character and or this movie. Yeah, and. I think he's a he's a highlight because he is the guy in the background that you stumble upon being hilarious and doing wild things and getting getting into hijinks and getting his watch <laughs> stolen and all this sort of funny stuff. And yeah, it, it did feel like another moment of, again, Bill Murray, very, very funny guy. I think he is the lead for a reason. He he gets he gets the limelight. He gets all this stuff, but the ghosts are all really good. Well, at least the first two. The third one doesn't say anything. But, uh, <laughs> but there is that good double take with the third one. True, true. That that is another favored uh, moment in there. Uh, but the cab driver ghost, uh, aka nineteen eighties Benicio del Toro, <laughs> was a highlight for me because something about that character was really like standing out to me. And I don't know why, but why did he have like elf ears? Was he an elf? You know, I was noticing that too. And I don't know what that was a grimacy elf. What's going on there? When you're a ghost, are you an elf? But did the like fairy godmother second ghost have that? No. So why didn't she have also the pointy ears? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just his actual ears. I don't. Oh wow, yeah, dude, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> Someone could have that pointy of ears and live. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, you know it follows what you're expecting. Again, uh, Scrooge, or in this case, uh, Francis. Uh, what's his Xavier name? Cross? Francis Xavier Cross is visited by four ghosts. One inconsequential ghost that tells you that three <laughs> other ghosts are coming. And uh, the funniest thing is, I guess it's three ghosts and a zombie because the first <laughs> one straight up is a tangible. Well, corpse. They're all they're all tangible in some way. He does some magic. He does magic, which is sort of a ghosty thing. Yeah. He has a mouse in his skull. I don't know. There's some wild and very good sort of '80s special effects going on in there. No VFX required in that shot. That's just a real mouse rattling around in that yeah. skull. Which, again, the effects that we saw in this movie, i.e., you know, ghost or ghost zombie absolutely getting holes riddled through it with a gun 
or good stuff. Some, some kind of big hand coming at, you know, Bill Murray, like great effects. But also when I say the movie felt very Tim Burton into places, like those were the things that make it feel Tim Burton. Big puppety kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It also, all the ghosts had the same kind of vibe as, oh, what is that other ghost movie where they abduct, they abduct the girl in the upstairs room and it's like the family gets his uh, you keep, get it keep going yeah i, I think I, As, and then there's the lady and she's like she comes in either way it has the 80s ghost vibe and i don't know what it is about 80s ghost movies ghostbusters etc where they're all like we all figured out the same effects any a company you, you hire to do these ghost effects are gonna do the same thing it's yeah. good though yeah no and like it has a very like nostalgia feel to it where like when you think about a ghost of the time you think about like you just said ghostbusters or this movie and it's got like a like oh hey that's familiar that's good feel yeah it does feel good but it also is like icky there's there's something <laughs> like gross about 80s effects too where there is a believability to them and when it's not believable in an 80s movie as well, this movie has the same issue where it'll either be a really good effect, they sell it really well, the actors, you know, react in a way. Like, the, they lit that guy on fire yeah, in the part. one seat. They lit that guy on fucking fire. And that's amazing. And they really did that. And that's a crazy stunt to just have as a bit goof in your movie. But then he gets locked in some you know, like sewer area, right? And there's icicles hanging from the ceiling, but they just look like rubber, <laughs> like... But but they also totally feel like Batman and Robin, like, in yes. Mr. Freeze's hideout. Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Did yeah. Tim Burton, like, VFX special this movie? What's going on here? Yeah, I don't know if this was, like, his pet project, but he just wasn't allowed to actually make it, and so he was like, hey, Danny... You're my guy on this. You're going to be in the background. You're going to be composing the music. Push the film in this narrative direction for me. (laughs) You're going to get a producer credit. And then he didn't get a producer credit. But like maybe Tim Burton did do special effects on this because, you know, before he was an animator, he did. Maybe he wasn't doing the directing. Yes, but there's an element. I think if he didn't do anything on this movie, I somebody was like, I'm doing the next Tim Burton. <laughs> I am the next Tim Burton. It's it's like it's a signature without... I, that's the thing. I don't know if I saw it in the credits there. Yeah. But, know. like, is this something where maybe, like, if we took the music out of it, like, is it the Danny Elfman effect where Danny Elfman oh, is making us feel uh, that this is a Tim Burton thing? Like in Sonic 2, mm-hmm. where... There's the casino theme that mm-hmm. sounds like a Michael Jackson th- song. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, Michael Jackson w- did it. But then there, you can't, there's no credit for Michael Jackson on the game. So did he do it? Yeah. I don't or, know. Or like how people have argued that like if you took John Williams out of Star Wars, like Star Wars would suck because so much of, you know, Star Wars is John Williams, where like maybe most of Tim Burton is Danny Elfman. And so when you hear Danny Elfman instantly, you're like, oh, hey, Tim Burton made this. True, true. Yeah. If the Star Wars movies title crawl opens with a different (laughs) song, (laughs) opens with a Danny Elfman (laughs) space theme, I think you've got a space balls going on. You didn't even try to do a space balls, but you made a space balls. You made a space balls. Wow. It's hard to say. Do the new Star Warses feel like Star Wars? Sure. Do they have John Williams soundtracks? Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's inherent. But yes, uh, Scrooged. I do. Do you feel Scrooged after watching this, Aaron? You feel Scrooged up? I I do. I I enjoy this movie because it's a whole series of multiple characters just getting rowdy and getting unhinged. And I mean, like we've already talked about, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait, like he loses his job and then just becomes unhinged. You got the the censor lady who keeps getting beat up and it's very funny. Good bit. Uh, good bit. And, yeah. And then you got Bill Murray, who you just 
you take an hour and a half and you watch this man just lose his sanity. Terrible man. <laughs> terrible man. But but Bill Murray losing his sanity, always funny. It's a always good, good. Bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, the crux of that for me is that scene where it's right after his former business partner comes to him and then he's in the restaurant and he's waiting for the first ghost to come yeah. and he's absolutely starting to lose it and he's starting to see stuff. And like you said, we saw the guy with his arm on fire, which is so funny. So good. <laughs> the bit's just there. And there's also like a eyeball and a glass and he's screaming about that. And everybody's looking at him like, what's the wrong? The waiter just like, I'll take it away. Yeah. <laughs> and the great joke of, are you him? Are you he, Are you he? sir? Yeah. Uh, great good. writing. And, you know, I think part of that is great writing that was planned, great writing that was improv The whole last 30 minutes of the movie's improv. It feels like it. It can't be, but it literally feels like a vamp sesh. Yeah. With someone behind the camera just rolling their hand, like, draw it longer. Oh, elongate I, I think that was elongated i think that was an hour-long scene that they were like all right let's cut it down to like seven six maybe five minutes <laughs> the dancers are getting tired we got we got to wrap this up bill yeah uh that's pretty good but you know what else is pretty good vamp into commercial vamp into a little commercial break <laughs> hey. hey here they are All right, I'm done vamping. We're back. So yeah, then you got the you got the crafts table in the back, and the thing I love about the crafts. Oh, we're back. I don't have to vamp anymore. Oh, no, okay. you don't have to vamp anymore. Okay. Woo. Is that a whole ad break of you vamping? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I shoot. those aren't even our commercials. I was just looking around and Kaiser so saying things in the room. Tab soda. Drink tab, tab soda. soda. Yeah, one of the things I love about this movie, Tab Soda. You don't see it enough in movies. Because it's some... old. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they make it anymore. <laughs> I don't think they do. It's poison. Yeah. What is it about these sort of, this type of 80s comedy? It feels, it's weird because I think there's a lot of times where I'm watching a movie and I'm I'm thinking about other stuff that's happening. I think about shots. I think about stuff that goes into making the movie. But for some reason, this movie especially and other movies of the time, I forget that it's like a crafted product. You know, like it's it's this completed thing. And I'm just sort of, I, I don't know. I'm like bought in completely. I, I lose the fact that I'm watching a movie. I don't, I forget that there's a quality meter to these sort of things. Is there something to that? So I think what it was, was you had National Lampoon, which was like getting big mm -hmm. right in the 70s. And it just like birthed all of these soon to be actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they were they were doing National Lampoon. They were getting some good experience there. And then you got, like we said, Chevy Chase. You got Bill Murray. You got Jim Belushi. Um, and when National Lampoon put out their first movie and it was a huge hit, they were like, okay, well, these people can deliver in a movie. Right. So then you got all of these actors that are super talented, super funny, know how to like vamp and control the air in a scene. And they're super interesting. You mix that with the great writing that came also from the people that were writing National Lampoon and going into movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that kind of like made this surge in the eighties of like, all right, we got all this talent and we're putting it into movies. And then, and then I think there was like some competition where when you start getting people breaking off and like doing little partner buddy things, like you would have, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd work with Chevy Chase, but then you'd have Dan Aykroyd work with Bill Murray um, you know, Dan Aykroyd or Jim Belushi. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got him getting the best of all three worlds, but you got, yeah, you all got three Blues of Brothers, them. and you got yeah, you get all the stuff shooting out from all of them. Yeah, yeah. But then you got all three of them wanting to be like the best leading man in America, mm -hmm. and so each one of them like wanted to up their performance. 
Right. And so I think that's what really like, and I think that's why we see a lot of the movies from the comedy movies from these times. And I think the outlier here is airplane where airplane doesn't have any of those writers. It doesn't have any of those actors has a completely different feel, but is also a very funny encapsulating movie. And its own sort of monolith of the time. And yeah, yeah. It's it stands on its own in terms of like, how did this happen? Why is it this way? It's got so many people in it. And yeah, it always feels like an ensemble cast, even though you don't really know all the actors' names, you don't really know what else they've been in, but you just point at people and you're like, Goonies. What have you been? What's going here? You're in the Goonies too. And you're just pointing at all these people that have been like staple actors in all these movies that you grew up with or are like introduced to by your parents or something like that. And yeah, it feels like it's like it's, it's just strange. It's very, it's a very strange vibe from the film. And you're like, why do I, feel like i know what's going on here you know i think that's actually become one of my favorite things with watching movies at at this point in my life is like you know when i was younger i'd sit down and watch scrooge and be like oh bill murray he's so funny but like now i really enjoy looking at the people in the background and like you know we were looking at the one lady and we were like what is she from and you looked her up and she was like the mom from goonies yeah and like i love that and I, I love looking for those people now. Like the other one I always love looking for is I'm, I don't remember his name. I never remember his name, but he's the he's like really good at martial arts. He's been in a thousand Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. He's oh, in Die yeah, Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like I love looking for him because he is such a good supporting character. Yes. Where like you see him and you don't think like, oh, hey, that's the guy from all these other things. You're just like oh, the guy wait. with the face or a different guy. The guy with the face. The guy with the face. Because what was he? He was in some like buddy cop thing, and we're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think now we're thinking of two different people. Now we're thinking of two different people. Okay, yeah. okay. You're thinking of the main like actually good martial artist who yes. is just in a bunch of stuff. Yes, and gets killed with an ice cream cone in one of those Arnold Schwarzenegger. Movies. Yes, he'll do the flips off a balcony stuff like that. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah, very very good. Is it also something to the, I guess, credit or demerit to Bill Murray? I'm not sure if he ever acts. A, I'm I'm circling back to, is he actually an asshole? (laughs) But it's like, I I just, it it is full on starstruck. You know, he's so, so big. And there's actors nowadays that feel that same way you know like you see chris hemsworth on screen and you're like oh my god he's so he's the guy you point at him in cabin in the woods and you're like hey he's the guy he's chris hemsworth you know and you point at chris hemsworth too and you go can he act i don't know he's gonna be in the new furiosa i guess is he gonna be good in that i don't know but with bill murray and the comedian comedian types of this like this late 80s era they're just they're the funny guy. Uh, this movie, I think what that's what's weirding me out too is like he plays basically the same character in Groundhog Day. Yeah. And there's even the mayor of Groundhog Day is in this movie as a different character. And so my mind breaks a little because I'm too used to just how he was acting before. And it's not different. And so he's just doing a Christmas carol as Bill Murray. And I I can't fault him for it because he's funny. And I'm laughing at the jokes and I get the bits, but I'm like, what are we doing here? Is this a movie? (laughs) And it, yeah, you're right. And it's kind of a disservice to the other actors in the movie where you got the guy who plays the dad, who's also the mayor in Groundhog Day. He's playing two different characters like he didn't get to just play the same guy or like Karen Allen, like she's two different characters. She just didn't get to play, you know, Marion Ravencroft in, you know, Ravenwood, uh, in this movie, like she, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, she had to play somebody else. And so, yeah, and she kills it. I dude, every time she's on screen, I am just like, absolutely. Come back. 
Yeah. Come back here. <laughs> Come back here. Can we run I don't want to look at Bill anymore. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to fix him. I'm already fixed. Yeah, I it's, it's an unforgivable sin for this film to be like, oh yeah, they get back together. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. They oh, should thank you. He can be as fixed as he can, but he, she should not. She should know <laughs> when she has something better. It was oh boy. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. The one one detractor from this movie. She can't. I yeah. she can't. I there's no future where i see them happy <laughs> i i can't i i choose to believe she finds somebody better and he he still ends up a nice guy he's yeah. still good he's fixed he's fixed but she doesn't go with it. yeah i refuse yeah circling back i i do think there this isn't a hot take at all so no hot take alert but you oh. know i <laughs> normal take alert oh Oh. Uh, yeah i mean hollywood is famous for finding people who have a certain niche and having a certain way of acting and just putting them in the same thing uh i don't want to call out too many actors because i don't want to make enemies but like the rock and you know unfortunately ryan reynolds anytime i see ryan reynolds in a movie nowadays i'm like i know exactly the character he's going to be playing (laughs) And it's such a shame because, like, I'm sure he can do other stuff. Are you sure he's uh, he's the same guy in that one movie where he plays his future self? He's the same guy? He's still Deadpool in that one? Yeah, he's still the same guy where he plays in that other one where he plays a guy. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is a shame because, like, so. <laughs> you look at those actors and they get accolades for doing those parts where they're just doing the same character that they've done. I don't think they do get accolades, though. They're not... Well, whether it's they're, accolades they're from, money, <laughs> I, I mean, that's accolades enough. And also just like popularity from the public, like people yeah. eat that up and they continue to go see these movies. And then you have other actors that like put themselves out and try a new character. And you're like, oh, wow, like that was something new. I enjoyed that. And then it just I doesn't think get. Is, is there sort of a paradoxical thing with fame and actually being an actor I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I literally I cannot act for the life of me. But the 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 part that boggles the mind is when you have an actor that is losing themselves in a role and not in terms of like, you know, method acting or something like that. It's like when you have an actor that becomes this other person for a role, you lose you're you finally can like disconnect them from who they actually are like as a person and they're dissolved into this film and you just sort of like you just get who they are i I can't point any examples at the moment but it it is like you know like uh when you're doing like a biopic or someone and someone's playing somebody else uh if they nail that person and you watch the movie and you just like are they're believably that person. That's amazing. I love that. But you're losing who the actor is. Like everyone was always saying Daniel Day Lewis was really, really good at uh, becoming these other people. But I think I watched, I think I saw like gangs of New York and I'm like, Hey, that's just Daniel Day Lewis with a big mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was very underutilized in that, in that movie. Let's be real. But it's stuff like that where, I, I can't explain it. Do you do you understand what I'm trying to say here? I, I think so. And to go along with that too, like, you know, when they go too far like Daniel Day Lewis, you you like start to criticize it in a way that you probably wouldn't normally criticize. Like because uh, he's still a really good actor. Like that's the thing. Yeah, but you're watching him as Lincoln, you're like, Lincoln wouldn't No, he wouldn't ever step with his left foot first. What are you doing? You <laughs> stupid idiot. Yeah, but then like um, Austin Butler, who played Elvis. Oh, the Elvis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he did a really good job because he sold it well enough that I was like, yeah, that man's Elvis. I'm nice. watching Elvis. <laughs> but then <laughs> fucking Tom, <laughs> Tom Hanks is in there being like, oh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and I was like, hey, he's playing the Polar Express guy. <laughs> hey, that's the guy from the Polar Express. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, was he? He's not animated. There's or no he, train he? in here. Yeah. Was he doing the Polar Express? He was doing the Polar Express. It was the yeah. Polar Express. Yeah, I was. But he's also a... other characters in that movie too. Yeah, I was Ooh. expecting Austin Butler to start being like hot chocolate, <laughs> hot chocolate coming through. <laughs> Wait, is Tom Cruise? Is Tom? Well, I almost said Tom Cruise. Is Tom Hanks Santa in that movie too? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's the dad, the kids, older voice. That Santa. movie is yeah. legitimately a fever dream nightmare. <laughs> I, the fact any and movie where Tom Hanks is multiple people echoing in your ear and like, yeah, <laughs> that's and terrifying. yet I watch it almost every year. Really? That's a yeah. that's a yearly watch for you. Incredible. Yeah, I like that one. We might have to do an episode on that one because that's one I haven't seen since. Probably, it's it's dawn. Yeah. Anywho, Aaron, what do you think for Scrooged? Is it a yay? Is it a nay? Is it a too much popcorn? Is it an empty bucket? We've never defined <laughs> too much. Well, but I is think it that's a, a quantitative system? <laughs> is it a too much popcorn? Is it an empty bucket? But was it too much popcorn to begin with, and therefore then you have an empty bucket? Or were you given no popcorn? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> folks, I'm pretty sure you can guess, seeing as most of this episode has been uh, Jimmy and I not really talking about the movie and talking about It's stuff. hard. Yeah. Well, we don't Comedy is especially it. hard to talk about. <laughs> we, and we don't want to spoil a movie that we're probably going to end up recommending. So I'm sure you all can guess that. We're Remember gonna... how short our fucking Blazing Sa- Saddles <laughs> episode was? <laughs> yeah, there was like five minutes of content in that one. Where we're like, all right, we're going to introduce the movie, and five minutes later, we're going to say, hey, should you watch it or watch it? Yeah. So, yes, Scrooged. Just like Polar Express, this one's a yearly watch for me. I, you know, it doesn't have the same cozy feel that other Christmas movies have. And so, like, I can't just, like, sit down and put it on while I do other things and wrap presents. Like, this is a movie where I like to, like, sit down and be entertained by this movie and get, you know, an hour and a half of laughs out. Here's some of my favorite lines. Uh, Niagara Falls, and the bitch hit me with a <laughs> <Niagara> toaster. Falls. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a very enjoyable movie. There's great bits. Love Bobcat Goldthwait. Love Karen Allen. Bill Murray. Love Karen Allen. Bill Murray. Love Karen, Karen Allen. Allen. Yeah. Karen Allen. Don't forget Karen, Karen Allen. Allen. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I would say this movie is a watch from me. If you need a holiday movie, if this is one that you like watching every year, great too. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, what do you think? This was your first time. First time seeing yeah. Scrooge, 1988. Bill Murray, iconic poster where he's like got a stogie and the skeletons lighten it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, for me contentious pick here i'm gonna go with a watch of course so for me a hundred percent it is a watch and i the funny thing is is you're going into like how it's an annual watch for you all this sort of stuff because this is my first time i almost feel like fully I loved it. It was very funny. It got all this weird stuff. It made me feel weird because I'm like, Bill Murray is the same guy. I don't understand. But it was still very, very funny. It it had all of the makings of what you'd expect from a late 80s movie. Very Home Alone. Very Ghostbusters. Very. It, it felt like all these other types of movies. Great Christmas movie. Great holiday movie, great comedy, great effects, all this sort of stuff that came together. Doesn't really feel like a movie though. It just happens. And <laughs> you get you get to sort of enjoy it. And the thing with me though is like I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Like I'm glad I watched it. I I would recommend people to watch it, but it doesn't feel like it would reach the same level as like a Muppet Christmas Carol. Like if I'm going to watch a Christmas Carol movie, it's going to be the fucking Muppets, man. Yeah. And I can't be, it's not that it is the same story. It, it is, it is. He is Scrooge. He gets the ghosts, all this sort of stuff. But is it different enough of a retelling to warrant multiple Christmas Carols in my life? I'm okay. See, I like this one because it kind of is the anti Muppet Christmas Carol. Where, like, 
when I watch Muppet Christmas Carol, it fills me with joy. It fills me with warmth. It makes me have hope for humanity again. It like is like the perfect wholesome Christmas movie in my mm. mind. Uh, spoiler alert for when we watch Muppet Christmas Carol. It's good. I guess you guys can probably guess what I'm going to say. Which about I not one. watch. I fucking hate yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol. I love it, but don't watch it. It's my movie. It's Brian Henson made it for me. You thought we were going to say you don't watch it, but we said, no, you can't watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, it's, it's super wholesome. And this one is on the other side where like, it's spooky. It's scary. It's raunchy. It's raunchy. There's boobs. Her nipples uh, are coming out. <laughs> so like, you know, I, th- this one kind of punctuates where like, I'll watch Muppet Christmas Carol. And then this one's like, not a palate cleanser, but a palate dirtier. <laughs> And then I'll go back and watch Muppet Christmas Carol again because I love that movie. Yeah, um, after you watch this movie, it's it's it tastes like you pound a liter a tab. Yeah, it it tastes like smoking a pack of cigarettes. You're like, it's uh, dirty. It's yeah. It's it isn't nece- It is a retelling, but it it feels. Uh, that's the funny thing is it it feels unnecessary. Again, we've we've said there's so many Christmas carols out there. Why do we need another one? This one's a modern retelling with the elements of what you would expect in a late 80s film. It's got, it doesn't have squibs, but it has great VFX. It's got, you know, it doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger breaking through windows and shooting people through helicopters, all this sort of stuff. But it's it's got what you would expect from a late 80s comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And, And to go along with that too, like Muppet Christmas Carol really is like the perfect telling of charles dickens's story because it stays so accurate to the the story so so much so that when you actually read the book as a kid your teacher thinks that you've just like an off-sized muppet christmas carol then you get an f on an assignment hashtag not bitter about it but totally am (laughs) mrs goldthwaite But to to get back to where I'm going, Muppet Christmas Carol is a very good retelling, but it's almost too wholesome where when you actually read the Christmas Carol, it's a spooky ghost story that they would have told around the, you know, the fire, like in the song, uh, they're going to tell spooky ghost stories. And this movie is spooky. And so I, I think this movie does a very good job of being kind of accurate to Charles Dickens's idea of wanting to tell a Victorian spooky ghost story. The Winter Curse. The Winter Curse. Yeah. 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 No, so. I, that that makes sense. It I I almost think I don't think we need any more Christmas carols, but if you're going to make them, make them original in terms of what you're trying to show, what what's on display here for the people. And whether it's raunchy, whether it's sexist, tasteless, any of this sort of stuff, I don't really know. Let's see what you got to say about A Christmas Carol. I'm down to watch whatever you got. The thing I think that does incense me a little bit is when I was scrolling through all those Christmas carols, they're, they are the olden day. You know, like, it's a it's a telling of it in jolly old England, and I'm like... But we have a Muppets version of that. We <laughs> yeah. don't need yours. They, are, they already won. They we don't it. need any more of that one. We need something new. We need uh, not again. This is so unnecessary. But I'm saying, if we're doing a Christmas Carol, do something new with it. Do a Christmas Carol, but he's a reptile. You know, he <laughs> is a <laughs> he's a lizard guy. I don't care. At least this one had Bill Murray in terrible hair wigs. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> Goofing around, being spooked. It was great. Him being scared was the best part of the movie because you get to see... It doesn't look like true fear, but it's funny fear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take very, it. Very good point. I'll take it. Bill Murray, can, I don't think he can act. I just straight up think you can put Bill Murray in a movie and he's funny and he'll he'll say the lines, he'll do whatever. I have never seen Bill Murray play a different guy. When he is in a Wes Anderson movie, he is Bill Murray as a as Bill Murray. He goes underwater, he runs a newspaper guy, but he's Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's uh, and not to not to a demerit, not to credit or demerit. It's just an observation I am seeing. I'm glad he's out there doing stuff because I I enjoy him on screen. Always have. Oh yeah, yeah. So if he keeps putting out movies with Wes, I'll keep watching them. Let's be honest. Yeah, is he in the new one, the Asteroid City? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, is that gonna do it, Aaron? Is that gonna do it for us? I think that's gonna do it. I think uh, you know we got our we got our popcorn here and our bowls and our more bowls and our molar bowl. Oh, that's too much popcorn. But that's too much. But we got our cocoa. We got our roaring fire. Uh, which we and turned wait, off. Wait. Oh, I got a fresh tab. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Adding it to my Christmas repertoire. <laughs> I've got tab cocoa. Ugh. It's, it's Ooh. Oh, 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 that's horrible. Give me oh. some popcorn. Oh. We did have a consensus mode as well. Yeah, we got to We've reached consensus on this movie. Scrooge, 1988. Thank you so much for listening. If you have the time to leave a review or a rating on wherever you're listening, we'd love to see it. Comments wherever you're listening, uh, especially on YouTube if you get there. But again, during these so spooky or cold or warm, whenever you're listening, we're still pushing for those Spotify listens and ratings and all that sort of stuff. Uh, just while we're, uh, you know, I think we'll just continually be ever starting this podcast from the yeah. ground up. Yeah. But Folks, here we are. Too much popcorn. Yeah, and it's the holidays. Whether you celebrate them or not, whether you celebrate one or all of them or none of them, thank you for taking some time out of your life to all of them? bring us all of them. I feel like some overlap. You know what? It's called Fourth of July, but there's nothing that says that you can't celebrate it in December on the 25th. Uh, I got Easter eggs for my Christmas gift. <laughs> I got tab fireworks. But thank you, folks, for bringing us into your ears and your homes and your hearts and sending us Christmas presents. Oh, you guys didn't say Christmas. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, I got a lot of popcorn. You didn't get anything? <laughs> no. Shit. I'm yeah. sorry. I shouldn't have told you. The reindeer ate all my popcorn. Oh, well. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this year, 2023. We'll uh, keep talking about movies next year. Yeah. Bye. Bye.